Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode... Wednesday morning, I'm in the Bra Brave cave and I'm speaking to someone who's also in their own little cave, <laughs> this remote podcasting malarkey, we're all in cupboards now recording, but I will say that I am delighted to be joined by founder of Who You Know, Antonis Cassiotis. Did I nail it? He did nail it, yeah. Because we were just having a lovely conversation about pronouncing your amazing name and me getting totally stressed about it. So hence the pause. Did you did you hear it? I did, yeah. I felt the tension. It worked. I thought, you know, it's a kind of quite fitting kind of audio build-up, you know. We've not got the power of video here, so I think it did the job. <laughs> I mean, if I, was, if I was like adept with using all the tools, I could put in some sort of drum roll or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I have that fear of not pronouncing somebody's name correctly and you know what a name it is. We were just talking about that before we come on the podcast. But um we're not here to talk about names, although we might get on to things like that because that's the joy of the Bra and the Brave. But really it is about people and their passions. And I'm really delighted that you reached out to me to tell me all about who you know. Yeah. No, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. I guess to kind of kickstart things off, the easiest way to get into it is like to put you on the spot and ask you for your elevator pitch for who you know. So essentially, my, my background is in film and television. That's what I studied. And that's throughout uni and then after uni, what I, what I was doing, I was kind of defined myself as a struggling filmmaker, right? So after making a lot of kind of projects of my own and working quite a lot with young bands and musicians and other kind of um, film and photography associated people, like, actors, production designers, those sorts, you start to realise that there's just a vast amount of people in this one city alone, never mind the rest of the world, who are out there making projects, having ideas with very little money uh, and doing it purely for the passion and the love for making something together. And then it occurs to you very slowly that there's no real, meaningful, useful inspiring way for people to actually find each other and get those projects off the ground the options that are already out there don't really compare to what we've built with who you know it's either facebook groups which kind of are the main um main tool that people are using to try and recruit mm-hmm. teams and things like that and nobody really wants to be creating in the same space where your your mom and dad and your gran are sharing photos of christmas dinner you, <laughs> you know this kind of these these groups are sort of full of abuse and a lot of hatred and all that and if you're announcing a paid thing uh you still can't get away with you know doing away with the abuse you've been targeted for not paying them enough or not paying them at all so you, you can't win you know but it does it does do the job in some way and if it's not those kind of platforms then it's things like fiverr or freelancer.com or upwork some of those platforms cater for this sort of professional sector you know it's about people with services to offer and people wanting services. Um, something like Fiverr is more or less a kind of less dodgy version of Craigslist. You know, like it's not too dissimilar from uh, Facebook groups. You've got all this nonsense in the one space. So as far as I was concerned, there was no no place you could go where you were actually proud to host your work and yourself 
and make yourself known in your creative community. And that's pretty much what it boils down to is mm-hmm. if you're at university, coming out of university and you're in that state of being called an emerging artist, you know, you're not studying, you're not, you know, being paid to do what you do, you're just breaking out. And there's no way to say, I'm here and I'm available and I want to do things. So who you know is essentially a, a way for people to stick their hand up and say, I'm here and I want to work on things. And that's why we've built tools that allow you to search for people locally in your area, um, create profiles where you can showcase your work, you can kind of state your terms of collaboration, here's what I want to work on, here's what I don't want to work on, here's where I draw the line in terms of what kind of budgets and projects I want to accept. And there's nothing else like that out there. You know, it's not a buy and sell marketplace. You're not, I'm not hiring you for your podcast services. You're not paying me for coming on. Instead, it's this big kind of, creative pot where everybody's sharing talents and resources if that makes sense i think it's wonderful it's such a great idea and actually i knew about you guys i'd, I'd followed your instagram page before you'd reached out so and i was delighted when you did because it was almost like that you know you, you're finding people on the internet all the time and following them and you know and, and kind of following their journey and then when you reached out i was like oh yeah totally like i want to know more about that because it just seemed like such a great concept and something that certainly I hadn't came across and you mentioned the word community and that for me is massive as a freelancer myself in, in the arts and it is difficult to find your your tribe your people that you want to work with or that you need to work with you've got a project you can't deliver it all on your own there's a lot going out on a lot of great stuff going on out there but it's just like whittling that down to finding the people that you can actually work with because yeah if, if they're don't live in the same city as you or the same country or you know like like you're saying you've built tools there that you can actually reach the people and I know obviously we're living in COVID times and we can't be in the same room as people but that doesn't mean we we can't collaborate with them any certainly when all this is over young artists emerging artists will want to be collaborating with people that they can be in the same room with and I think it's really important to to create these opportunities for people and when you're doing your thing whatever your passion is you can kind of feel sometimes that you're out there on your own. Absolutely, yeah. And that's kind of why, for the for the time being, our kind of slogan has, has been about finding your people, not just in terms of actually finding people to work with, but finding that kind of, finding people who share that love and that passion for, for making things, you know. Even my, my brother makes music, and he'll go, he, sell, he makes a lot of kind of, um, like kind of rap and hip-hop, backing tracks that he sells to rappers in America and then the whole system is well how much do you sell them for and then he says no no it's not about that I just want to try and get my name out there and I want to build a portfolio you know so that whole uh, market if I could call it has been completely ignored by entrepreneurs so far who aren't actually creative people haven't been there and when they do make a platform like Fiverr or something think it's all about the ability to monetize your talents and stuff like that and that's fine that there's, there's obviously room for going on there selling services but the problem with something like fiverr or any marketplace is that someone starts off at 10 pounds well in order for you to try and get in there and put your face in the frame you need to start off cheaper you know so suddenly the whole thing is saturated to the point where people are offering stuff for pennies depending on what kind of project you're working on you're not really paying anybody for anything they're doing you know what I mean you're building a sort of small circle a small network of your own of people who you studied with that you were lucky enough to kind of form friendships with people from other little networks that you've kind of managed to sort of you know persuade onto your end so rather than having these 
small pockets of creative people all across one city, it's better to have, in my eyes, a one platform where everyone's putting their hand up and saying, we're over here doing this. And if you want to get in touch, there's a whole system on this website that allows you to do that. Not really through Instagram direct message that you can't see if you're not really being followed by that person. Um, don't really believe in the idea of having followers and all that. That was kind of an early design concept that we thought about. Wouldn't it be nice to have profiles that people could follow? But then that's not really any different from Instagram or anything like that, you know? So the way that Who You Know works is you go on as an artist of any sort uh, and, and you create your profile. Your profile is how other artists will find you, understand you, your work, what drives you, um, what you've worked on before, all those things. And in creating your profile, you can sort of tell people, you know, my we have a minimum budget system. So the minimum budget system is in place of us starting at £10 or whatever. <clears throat> so instead of that, we have a minimum budget system, which is inviting creative people to say, where do you draw the line? In other words, if I'm coming to you with a project and a budget or no budget, do you would you prefer to work with £100 minimum for you to really realise your end of the things? Or are you open to all budgets and all projects? And that's an option that we give people as well. So it just means that when you are going on there looking for people, you're able to say, well, my budget's £1,000 and anybody who fits in that little kind of category will show up on my radar if not it means that those people are for different projects and it stops you getting bombarded with all sorts of nonsense you know i think that's genius Um, actually and it just takes the pressure off because like even like we had a conversation before we started recording about my dance troupe and you'd um, heard of us and someone had suggested that we could possibly work in a project and we've been lucky enough to being offered various opportunities and like i was saying some you just can't for whatever reason, it could be time constraints, it could be availability, but also sometimes it's to do with budget. And any creative, I'm sure, will have done projects for free or for minimal or whatever. But if if you're putting, if you've got that ability to put it out there before you've even started the conversation, it just takes the pressure off anybody. It's like this is what we can work with, and then there's not that awkward talking about money thing. That so I'm saying awkward. It's awkward. I you know I'm not a fan of money. Full stop. Or talking about it, but. Uh, so I, I guess it's just like that's out there for everybody to understand from the get go, and I think that's a really, I think that's a really cool idea. Definitely, yeah. Because I mean, I kind of side with the idea of of opening up conversation about things like that. The one thing that separates us or creative projects from something like Amazon or Airbnb is that those are, are catalog items. They either cost this or they don't cost that. So. Yeah. I know what I'm buying, I know what I'm, I'm spending, maybe I'll add a bit more for post and packaging, but otherwise I'm buying something at a set price. It doesn't work the same way for, um, for for creative people. It might work that way in the professional sector where in order to produce, in order to edit something, it costs this much per day for the person who's going to edit it. But we deal in the world of emerging creators and students and people out there trying to build portfolios and trying to get their name out there, people with dreams. So that system doesn't work, you know. So the minimum budget system is a way, like you said, of saying, here's where I draw the line. Feel free to get in touch, but maybe I'll, because of the project, I'll really love it and I'll want to work on it. And we also, you know, we give people the option of saying, are you open to zero budget projects as well as having a minimum? And it's a yes or no question. Are you willing to travel? So we try and give people as many options as possible to sort of say, this is who I am, this is where I stand, get in touch uh, or don't get in touch. But our whole system is not just a send me a DM. It's a 
almost like an Airbnb booking form. So you enter your project dates, or kind of when you're going to need that person. There's a little box to talk about your actual project details and the kind of the budget that you're working with. And then you press the invite to collaborate button. And then on the other side of things, that person gets a notification which generates a kind of little card. And on that card is all the details. And on there are the things they can decline, accept, they can add money. So, you know, if the person says, I've got £100, they can add that and generate the invoice on the other side. They can, we have an a, a inbuilt messaging service so that wow. you can discuss the project and all that. So it's not just about, you know, you're buying me and I'll show up. Um, the whole thing is open to discussion because it has to be. It's so clever, so clever. As someone who has a lot of experience now in my career because I've just been doing it a long time, you almost like take it for granted that you can communicate your message and put out your terms and conditions, whether it's for potential clients or also, you know, other collaborators that you might be working with. But for other people, that's maybe just like a really difficult starting place. Like if you, you haven't that experience and you're not sure what the lingo is, what the usual, the done thing is, I think it's just that great to have that option where you're, the structure of it is there to help you, but there's still that conversation that can go on beyond your platform. Obviously, you know, you've got all the options to fill in all the boxes, but also there's still like wriggle room, I guess. 100%, yeah. And we, we, we consider that. Uh, a really important feature of being able to ask people, you know, okay, here's your minimum, but are you willing to accept zero budget projects because the platform stands for meaningful collaboration? You know, so it's about trying to connect people and enhance the quality of each other's work through collaboration, you know, not about I'm a sole person over here who needs your services, but instead you might have a little team of university graduates who are like, you know, three of them, one of them's a filmmaker, one of them's a sound recordist, one of them's a kind of but when I was an actor, say, say they went to a university that opened up the kind of collaboration aspect of different departments coming together, that's a real privilege. A lot of universities don't do that. So you're coming out of uni already with a head start, small team behind you, but mm. you're working on a project where maybe you need a couple of others. So you might have a budget of £500, a team of three people. You're not then going to spend all that £500 outsourcing two other members for small aspects of a project. You would much rather find out who thinks like you, who else has graduated down the road, recruit them as part of your little family of filmmakers and go out there and change the world. That's kind of what we stand for, you know? Um, and I think, you know, so far over the past six months, we've had hundreds of people sign up. So something, we're doing something right. Um, and enough people are saying, oh, I like the sound of this. So, so far so good. You know, it's one thing being a creative and you're obviously a creative and have had experience in that world to know what you felt was missing that you could create but I think it's amazing that you, you you saw like a problem or something that was missing and then you were like I'm going to do something about that so to take you back a wee bit in terms of like your creative background and what you've studied and the experience you've had what has that been like for you as a as an artist? Yeah so when I uh, when I left school I wanted to go and study film television and sort of be in that kind of media world so I went and did that and I had a good enough time but the problem was that, you know, that my university didn't have that kind of collaborative aspect where the film and television department are working on projects with the acting department and the production design department. If they did, and if universities embraced more of that kind of culture, then the actual graduation films and the, the work produced by all students across all departments would be so much better, you know? So yeah. well, what, I think that's the truth, truth for schools as well. Like high schools, like departments should be collaborating more. And I know 
schools do experiment with this with this idea, but like going from geography to maths to Spanish to then drama in the space of one day to switch your brain from one thing to another. If more subjects and more kind of departments were talking to each other, surely that would lend to a more cohesive learning experience. Well, definitely, yeah. And all the evidence is there to support that, and especially within the sort of the creative communities, because creative people, if you speak to anybody who's studied or graduated from a creative course or is just a creative person who hasn't studied or graduated, the whole makeup of that person is all about community and collaboration because it makes sense and you can't get anywhere without people so it just seems strange to me that despite an entire audience of people crying out for something like this all these other companies have went and done something different and I think that's the one advantage that I had was that I had done it I graduated uni made passion projects of my own raised money made original scripted short films you know reached out to bands that I liked that were up and coming and gigging in Glasgow, trying to produce content for them. Had a whole host of friends that were doing the same thing um, or styling bands uh, kind of on on stage gear, all these different pockets of creative people doing things. And I just thought to myself, I don't really feel that need to make films anymore. And this kind of other idea took over. So when I think when you have an idea like that, it's, I think all ideas are kind of, it's like you know, a real blessing to have something that you feel really passionate about. And we still don't really understand where those things come from, which kind of fascinates me. But I think yeah. if you're lucky enough to have an idea that you really believe could do some good, then you almost kind of have a sort of social responsibility to go ahead and make it happen, you know? I love that. Yeah, and it's, it's all about transferable skills and the experience you've got as a filmmaker all the bands, all the people, all the humans that you've met and worked with and collaborated with, like you've learned so much along the way that that can then be transformed, you know, transferred into creating something new that isn't a film. It's something, it's something else. It's a different type of project, but it doesn't mean that you're totally out of your comfort zone, that you don't know anything about it. You can, st- you know, every day should be a school day, so you're constantly learning. You should be pushing yourself to learn new skills, to try new things and almost like stretch that comfort zone. Like, oh, I've been doing this for a while but now I fancy doing that I don't necessarily need to have a degree in it I don't necessarily need to have lots of experience you've got to start somewhere yeah 100% and I've always kind of the problem with being uh, pursuing the filmmaking route for me was that there's so much self-doubt that comes with being a creative person am I putting out good work am I putting out good work according to this mob and that mob and the critics and people who my mates you know you're always worried about judgment from all different corners of the world you know the sort of the, the, the critic world and your, your peers and the filmmakers that you admire and I remember doing some research into creativity and on one end of the spectrum you have somebody like Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino who are like encyclopedias of film and cinema and then the other end of the spectrum you have someone like Orson Welles who's you know made the greatest film of all time Sets and Kane and when they asked him how did you make the greatest film of all time? He said, I had no idea what I was doing. So you've got like total ignorance over here and then complete geeky professionalism over here. And the truth is that they both make, both, both actors make great films. So at some point you just kind of, you know, you know, growing up, it's got a lot to do with it. You kind of get a bit older and you go, I think ignorance is a good thing when you apply it in the right way. You know, when you know enough about the, the important things and not enough about the things that you're going to build that leaves room for this magic to happen, you know? So I know enough about creative people on a grassroots level, what they want, how they operate, 
which is good. That inspires the idea. But then I know nothing about making websites and platforms. So the lockdown for me was a 24-hour job of learning how to do that and building it myself. Yeah, it's like nothing's like not figureoutable. And Absolutely. It's just about taking the time to do it and possibly reaching out to other people that have a bit of know-how. And that is the joy of being in a creative community. And I have to say, like my experience of it has been wonderful. Most people, if not all, will be willing to share a bit of knowledge with you or help you out or suggest something or point you in the right direction. So if you don't no, you should just ask because there will be somebody out there that, or you know, or there's Google. But yeah. you know, like I, I think we're lucky enough to be in a community, especially in Scotland. I would say that people are willing to help you if you if you just reach out to them. Oh, definitely. But I just think it's, it comes from an understanding that there are different tiers and different levels to any sector or any business or anything like that. You know, there are there's the professional elite level where creative people are working on the kind of BAFTA award-winning, whatever kind of level, winning awards, highly paid people. And then a couple of steps down from that, there's the people that work on all those projects where they're kind of creative freelancers and that's its own difficult world of being self-employed and trying to find out where the next gig's coming from. But just a one step below that is the completely ignored area that, that who you know works with, which is students, graduates, hobbyists, all those people, even like people with jobs in the creative industries outside of working, really want to get projects off the ground and kind of use their work contacts to make them happen in their spare time. And that's really the kind of universe that who you know exists in. We can't build one platform for those people and then add elements that appeal to others. So you kind of have to emphasize that's essentially what products are. They're packages of emphasis. And we emphasize the um, creative collaboration minimum budget grassroots aspect as opposed to buy and sell community you know what I mean of course of course yeah and that's important like you're obviously very clear on your mission and your ethos and that's that's like the most important thing you know it's to keep stay on brand if you like and even with this podcast although this is a passion project that blurb that I wrote at the very beginning when I started it I always go back to that I'm like you know if I'm considering asking someone to come on the podcast or if I'm writing something I'm doing a blog post whatever it is I'm always going back to that almost that mission statement just to make sure that it fulfills the briefing that I'm I feel like creatively I'm staying on my my journey if you like absolutely yeah and are those same uh that having a value system in life just anchors you to where you want to go you know if you say this is what I believe in this and not that I want to be this kind of person, not that kind of person. Then every time you make a decision in life or in business, you come back to those kind of core values and say, right, what are we about? And does this feature, does this decision have any place in our universe of, you know, trying to help people realize their dreams? And if it doesn't, you just cast it aside and maybe there's room for it further down the line. But what we've managed to do so far is focus on three central functions, which are, connecting people in the first place, arranging collaborations, and we do that through the um, the kind of generating invoice and direct messaging system. And then the third one is moving money around. So if there is any money to be moved around, uh, you can do that securely on the platform. And it's not a case of, you know, you're, you're buying something, that money appears in your account. If there's no budget, we don't use that feature. But if there is, it'll appear in your little online wallet and then you can extract that whenever you want. And we've we tried to do those things as best we can. And we've introduced some new things over the past six months, like the little map feature, so that 
when you're looking for creators in your area, it's not just a case of seeing a big list of people, but you're seeing a list of people up against a map full of little dots on it. So you can see how many amazing, great people there are within 15 miles, whatever, you know? There's no point making a music video or a dance piece or uh, a piece of graphic design or anything like that with somebody who lives on the other side of the world. If that's what you want to do, of course you can do it. But the whole point is to try and connect creative communities that there's little pockets of people all over the place, but there's no one way to bring them all under the one roof. And that's pretty much what we try to do. It absolutely is a lot of the time who you know, but there could be someone in your midst that you're just missing. And that's the very person that you're going to find on your, your platform, which I think is, yeah. is wonderful. Because we like that name because the connotations of that, of that phrase are often attributed to um, failure in a, in a weird way. You know, that it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you don't know the right people, you're not going to get any place. Whereas I've always taken it to mean that never mind looking at life as like people are stepping stones to different things. But instead, there's people around you who that who can actually help you build your vision and then you can help them. And suddenly you're part of this collaborative small circuit of people who want to help each other out. And in doing that, you only set yourself up for the best things. You know, you're building a portfolio together. Each person has different resources and contacts they can share. You know, the whole thing should be looked at that way as opposed to, uh-huh. right, I need, to know, I need to know someone in the BBC because if I know someone in the BBC and I on a smile they'll get me a job they want some in there i'm going to do that you know that whole kind of 10 year plan thing i've never been a fan of that so i've always thought let's try and nurture and help people who are already on the grassroots level to do more of what they already do and yeah it's like redefining that statement as a positive it absolutely is who i know that mm-hmm. has made all of my creative endeavors so much better the people that are in my dance troupe the um, projects that I've worked in theatres and schools, they've all been made better by the people that I've been able to collaborate with. And that's not always me pulling those people together. That's maybe somebody else that's orchestrating that. You can make something on your own that's beautiful, but if you can introduce somebody else into the mix that's got, you know, maybe a different skill set to you just to add something, like, that's the magic in it. When you f- somebody gives you something, you're like, oh my word, I didn't even know that existed. Or that could exist. Yeah. yeah, and it's obviously like, you know, Again, come back to the, the, the filmmaking point of view because that's where my experience is in, is, you know, if you're sitting in a room writing a screenplay, that's one stage in a long process of eventually having a finished product, you know? And if mm. you're the kind of person who thinks quite large and wants to make movie movies, you know, um, then you might want production designers and all sorts of action sequences, whatever it is, finding those people are just going to amplify and amplify your vision and enhance the quality of your work. I remember, you know, making films and having big visions and going, all right, that can't really happen. So I'll edit as I write all the time. But then suddenly you meet, you know, I was introduced to all these people who could make costumes from scratch and build beautiful rooms and sets and all that. Uh, And then suddenly you're not, self-editing instead people are taking that and saying right okay how the hell are we going to do this and we will find a way Mm -hmm. Uh, and suddenly for a couple of hundred quid you're making these massive productions because people people just love it they love getting behind an idea and you know sometimes you feel quite alone in that aspect but in putting together this platform and reaching out to people and you know having a little bit of kind of organic traction on the website you realize that in one city alone, there's 
thousands of people with ideas at different stages who all want to work together and all need each other, you know? And that's been the most rewarding thing is to see such a quick, so just so much interest in it in such early stages, you know? I was just thinking when you'd messaged me saying you'd use the word like-minded, and I was like, yeah, because there can be lots of people making things in the world, but they might not, their their take on it or how they approach things might not be the same as yours, like that, almost going back to that value system that you were talking about. So if people are signing up to who you know, they've read everything about it. They know what, this platform is about and what the kind of ethos is like we're saying so then you've got this pocket of people who are almost on the same page almost like singing for the same hymn sheet to start with which then i would imagine makes for a better scenario for everybody involved 100 percent. i mean the way i look at it is you have all these creative people on a grassroots level and when when they grow up and they go through the education system and all these things that they're told that what you want to do act, sing, make films or whatever is secondary to what you have to do today, you know? And that's fine. There's a, that system exists for a reason. For the most part, it gets people through, it gets them matured and that's fine. But what you end up with is this kind of like, this group of people who graduate from schools and universities who are told that the whole thing, the whole process of getting to where you want to be is a ladder that you need to climb. And the best you can hope for, and from a filmmaking point of view, is getting a job in the BBC, climbing that ladder, and then eventually get paid very well for what you want to do. Now, that's the journey some people take, and more power to them, that's excellent. But like I said, we don't deal in that realm. We are working in a community of saying, it's not just about getting out there, making music, and finding a new place to host it on the internet. You know, Like, might as well get a LinkedIn profile, might as well stick my name on some other thing that's just cropped up. Who you know is not just a place you go to create a profile and leave it. Yeah. It's a whole ecosystem of people helping each other out, sharing talents and resources. And you should be actively engaged in using that. And that's why we try and speak. We do a lot of customer service on Instagram because so many of our uh, users are already on that, mm. kind of using that as their main tool. But what you're seeing now is, Instagram and Facebook starting to merge more and becoming more about advertising and selling and I'm, I'm more a marketplace, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just trying to want to want to take people away from that that world and bring them into this kind of value centered, community based culture of sharing and helping each other, you know. Because it's already going on. We're not really doing anything majorly different. We just do it in a way that helps people you know, all come under one roof and do it together. Of course. And how did you get the word out there? What was the initial reaction and what has it been like since? Well, the first day, obviously, it was like a good year of actually building and and testing the the website and kind of using my small network of people to sign up and let me know what they thought of the whole sign-up process and still a question we ask of people, you know, was it easy enough? Mm. Were the questions okay? Is there more information you want to put in there? So once that, you know, we kind of climbed that mountain, which was difficult enough, um, then we thought, right, okay, well, we do have sort of filmmaking skills. So we kind of put together a little kind of product demo launch thing, just a 30-second kind of demo. And that was essentially our launch film. So we put that out. And to be honest, it was was just a lot of organic kind of traffic, you know. People Mm. start to go, oh, that speaks right to me. I'm going to join up. And that, that sounds good. And that's the best reaction that we hope for you know it's not about 
really reaching out to people and asking them to sign up. We do a lot of that as well, purely because we're fans of a lot of people's work and we say, you know, we love what you're doing and we love that you collaborate with all these people. Why don't you come on and do it on here? Because it's more secure. Because we have a whole review system in there as well. So if once you've finished a collaboration, you can review each other like you do on Airbnb. So it just helps kind of uh, legitimise people and it means that the most trustworthy, the people who really align most with the, the business values are the people who kind of lead, lead the show, if you know what I mean. Great. Yeah, since then, it's been a lot of organic interest and a lot of organic traffic, which is amazing. So it's one person tells their mate to sign up and then right now our goal is to get as many people part of that community as possible. And then one of the things that we have planned for the new year is to actually get as many Zoom calls in with community members and actually show them what else is possible because I don't think people really realise quite yet what else the platform's capable of. They kind of go on, create a profile, really enjoy it, send us a message saying thank you so much for creating this amazing thing. And we just want to say, you know, profile looks amazing, but let's imagine you are collaborating with someone and here's how it would go down and Mm. you move money around. We didn't build this for the online, you know, era we want people to use the platform to find each other and then get off the platform and go and meet each other and go and work on stuff and then once you're done just make sure you come back and leave a review so that the community is you know its own ecosystem but we are very much about getting people off the platform and it's just you know the pandemic's kind of put a stop to that element which is fine for now because we just get more time to to grow the community so when people do go on there they have so many options and so many people to look through you know of course it just must be so rewarding for you obviously to see people sign up and be really keen and interested in in like something that they'll, they're going to be able to use and it's going to make their creative lives easier better like be part of a community that they might not have found on their own or might not have found at this stage in their career kind of thing so I think that's really rewarding but also just that the idea that people are away doing creative things and you've had a part to play in that. I mean, certainly oh, yeah. the Broad and the Brave, like I started on lockdown running monthly Zoom meetings with anybody that's been on the podcast, which you will be invited to now since you've been on the podcast. Amazing. And it's just because it's that I had the privilege of speaking to all these amazing people and I'm like, you should totally know so and so. Do you know what I mean? So like I'd built this thing again because we're all in our houses and not getting to work on creative projects together. It was just a, a means to like connect people online to be like this is who's in the Raw Brave clan yep. and you can totally collaborate. And there has been some collaborations that I'm not involved in. And when you hear about it, it's just like the best thing ever. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it's true. But I, th- I think that um, what you've managed to do here is completely aligned with what we've tried to build as well. This is, again, coming back to how can we further integrate people into the community and really build and, and try and achieve a vision of a global creative community, you know, not necessarily where people are collaborating internationally, but all creative people all over the world are under this one roof called Who You Know, because there's nothing else like that at the moment, you know, and that's really what we're striving to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at every day adding new what we call crafts. So when you sign up, you know, you sign up as a filmmaker, an actor, a graphic designer, a fashion designer, whatever it is, and we get messages from people saying, oh, I just signed up and... I can't find a craft that really describes me. So we're adding new ones every day and we're also adding the option of adding secondary crafts. So you can say I'm a filmmaker, but I'm also a bit of a writer. Um, And it just helps people make better decisions. So if I'm working with you 
you've got other things to offer as well, you know, and it's, it's it helps sell an idea that people are not just catalog items that you buy, but they're people with resources and talents and knowledge and passions and interests that can help amplify the quality of your work. You know what I mean? So we might even add podcasters tomorrow or something like that, you know, there you go, you know, but a breed that are definitely like <laughs> thriving on lockdown. Everybody's starting a podcast these days. I'm like, yeah, it's more than the podcasters. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think there's room for that because what you find is that people who are running podcasts are creative people within some sort of creative community who are helping to give all the creative people a voice. So as far as I'm concerned, that's part of the uh, the ecosystem that we're trying to create. Yeah, you know, because I, I mean, here I am on this thing. I've got a profile on who you know, so I can just try and keep in touch with people and see what's going on. But if we had the podcasters, then, you know, this could have been arranged by me reaching out to you on who you know, if you know what I mean. It could have been, absolutely. And just like harking back to that idea when you were saying you were writing a, a you know an idea for a film or a script or whatever, and that you were editing as you were going because you were like, well, that's not going to be possible, but oh, I'm dreaming too big. Like, I feel like with who you know, the opposite's happening. You're like, dream all the dreams. Like, we can absolutely go global. We can make this as big as we want it to be. And that'll obviously be a process, yep. you know, but the sky's the limit. Almost like don't, you can stretch that comfort zone. You don't have to limit yourself. Like, you're going to be adding crafts all the time, you know, different features or whatever so that more people can be involved. Do you mm -hmm. have a team behind you that are, are helping to make this this happen yeah well I, I love my partner who does quite a lot of work with me as well but she um, I mean like I could, the lockdown was I was sitting in a room her kind of practicing her yoga and me sitting trying to build who you know you know so we're kind of a, a, a sort of small team of two but um, I do a, a lot of the heavy lifting and a lot of the work because I you know my background is in, uh, in, in that world so mm. it, it really drives me and gets me going um, but come back to what you're saying about self-editing and all that. The point I was trying to make is that when you step away from being an artist or not an auteur, you know, and you're worried about how you're coming across, how much of you should be in your work, because some critics like that, some critics don't like that. There's an argument that art should be for the people, art should be for other artists. That's the internal battle that goes on with creative people. But the beautiful thing for me about stepping away from that and devoting you know, my life to actually serving and helping create people is that all that for the most part goes away because all that matters is whether or not create people are actually finding the platform useful. So you spend all your time talking to people saying, how was the sign up process? Is this working for you? What do you think we could add? You know, how could we improve it? So all of the improvements and all of the kind of innovations have all come from the community itself, you know. And obviously there's a little bit of an injection of, you know, we have to try and stay ahead of what people think they want. Because generally speaking, people know how to improve things. But it takes a little bit of a bold step to say, right, we're going to try and innovate on the next curve here. And we'll show you how you can find it useful, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's really freeing just to talk to people and say, is this working for you? If not, we're doing something wrong. I love that, yeah, because I, I still have that that angst creating the podcast. I had this conversation the other day there where I want the podcast to be a conversation, but really I'm inviting you on the podcast because I want to know about you and what you're up to. It's not about me, but as a conversation, 
I still need that kind of tune throw where I'm like, oh yeah, I saw this or or my experience is, and there's always that kind of like, am I talking too much? Is it too much about me? So like I completely like that sounds so freeing to just be like, it's all about you. <laughs> and I, I think totally- that's why I've enjoyed creating the community and like keeping in touch with people that have been on the podcast as well as talking to people that listen to it because I want it, I want it to be great. I want people to enjoy it. But essentially I I've got to go with my gut and that, I think that's what you're saying as well like people will suggest things and they'll put their 10 pence in but you've got to be happy with it at the end of the day and you've kind of got to go with your gut as the person that's you know in the driving seat like is is this kind of ticking all the my, my boxes if you like yeah yeah definitely and I, I'm a huge believer in the idea that we have no idea as a species where our interests come from you know, it's like if you if I told you tomorrow to go and sit down and do a specific thing, you'd find it very, very difficult to motivate yourself to do it. So we don't really choose our interest. In some weird, strange way, they choose us. And yeah. we, we still don't understand that, you know. Some people would say that that's an expression of God through you and the, I am the vessel that is bringing who you know into the world. And that's a, quite a beautiful idea. But there is an element of this project that feels somewhat like a calling, you know, where it's now stepping away from a kind of immature attitude that I had when I was a filmmaker of wanting to be, you know, see all the black and white behind the scenes photographs looking like a kind of crazy director and now stepping into the kind of world of feeling like you're following some sort of calling, you know, where the people you're caring for, you know, amount to millions of people across the world, you know, and you have responsibility to grow your platform as big as you can not out of any greed, but because you, you know, helping one creative person feels amazing, but also inspires you to help more. So I feel very comfortable in, in this role because it isn't about me. I think mm-hmm. as soon as you make your life about service to other people, you never really wake up in the morning wondering what's going on in life anymore, you know? Spot on. And that is the joy of being a creative, and I've been very lucky to teach a lot in my career and that that is the absolute joy and that's what I've missed about this year you know I love collaborating I love making stuff that goes on a stage or whatever but actually the best bit is when you are able to help somebody else in their creative journey whether it's a a young person in a school or whether it's somebody in an Amdram club that's never been on the stage and they've decided to take up amateur dramatics at like 50 years old to see other people get excited about something that they're doing and that you've help them in, in any shape or form that is the best bit for me that is the bit that totally nails it yep. for me and um it's lovely to see that you found that in this and that you have just evolved in your career this is just the next chapter you know some people just do the same thing for their whole entire life and that that's fine that if that brings you joy that's absolutely fine but if you are someone who needs to evolve to, to kind of take on that challenge then it's great if you can find it and You'll just be learning new things all the time, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. But I remember when when YouTube first came out, and I remember being on YouTube as a, as a kid and having a real interest in animation, stop-motion animation, and it was quite a niche little world. There wasn't many films or programs that were made using that technique. And I remember when YouTube came about, it really felt, as a young guy, oh, God, God now, I can, now I can watch all the content I want about... <laughs> animation, how to build little models, how to perfect it and all that because there was a whole little sub-community of people on YouTube who were sharing those videos. And suddenly it was like a world of uh, opportunity opened up to me. And I hope that at all stages and all ages, who, you know, can also bring about that kind of inspiration and that kind of 
feeling that anything's possible now because I have access to an entire community of people. It's no, it's no longer a case of I was brought up in the east end of Glasgow, but there's people all the way over there in the south side or the west end who are making stuff. And there's some people over here, but instead you've got this one place where everybody's sticking their hands up saying, I'm over here, I'm over here. Um, all you need to do is reach out and we'll meet and we'll make something. That's really what the goal is, is to do that for every city and every community across the world. You know what I mean? And I think it needs to be that, any division needs to be that big. And I think every vision for your life needs to be bigger than you so that you can stand a chance of getting somewhere near it, you know? Correct. That's what I hope this podcast is. And the fact that you're on here talking about what you're passionate about and what, you know, what has inspired you and what has led you to this point, that will be helping somebody that's listening to you now, just telling your story. Like somebody will be like, that's really cool that that guy did that. And that's what this podcast is all about. So, like, I really appreciate you just coming on to to share like the more kind of personal aspects because people see shiny websites and platforms and things. You know, they don't always see the behind the scenes. But that's the joy of sitting down with somebody and having a conversation because you get to hear where it all started, the origins of it, and what just really goes into it—the heart and soul. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the reason I wanted to come on was to kind of pull back the veil a little bit and tell people that. Although this is a shiny website that you can sign up and it takes payments and you need to give your email and all that, it's it's run by a guy in a cupboard for good <laughs> reasons. You know what I mean? Love it. That there's there's a there's a dream behind it and there's a more of a grassroots kind of hippie approach to the whole thing because it's needed and it's run by somebody who understands it, who wants to build a team of like minded people to grow it. It's a really, really good platform that you've built here to be able to share that kind of thing. You know, I feel really really privileged to come on and say oh here's the business i'm in a cupboard and i'm working every day to make sure that everybody's signed up and looking good um and i hope that yeah i hope that in listening to this some people do get inspired to reach out and join the team and help us grow it and and take on the world a little bit you know if this podcast can point somebody in the right direction of you then uh, that's all i can hope for that's you know that was kind of my idea behind the podcast was like i'm obsessed with stories i'm just a nosy person who gets excited to hear other people's life journeys and what they're passionate about but if it can point somebody in the right direction or give them a helping hand in any way shape or form then that's like a total that you've struck gold then do you know what i mean so um i just appreciate you coming on to to spend the time to talk about it but um I guess the, the the list will be endless, but in terms of lessons learned, is there one particular thing that you're just like, thank goodness I learned that? Um, I suppose it's not it's not even related to to who you know in particular, but I remember just before Christmas, you know, just it depends who you hang about with. If you hang around with the, the right people. Uh, they'll find a way of framing the world in a certain way that makes you feel like, oh, right, we're going to power on. Life was too good before for to settle for anything less. This will all pass and we'll all move on. And I do believe that 100%. Yes. But I was kind of feeling a bit like, what's the point in doing anything? You know, we're getting users, but is there really any aim to anything? So I thought, right, forget this. I'm just going to go and build another website as like a kind of quick, just for some quick satisfaction. And I don't believe in any, well, maybe I do, but I don't really subscribe to the idea too much that things are meant to happen although some things in my life have happened in such a way where I'm like I can't ignore the signs anymore you know yes but I went and built this website over a weekend and come Monday it was gone completely deleted itself and I, I don't know how I don't know how it happened right and that, that's not the, the, the point but it was gone and 
it just made me realize that I was wasting my time. You know, I was wasting my time with this other thing because my head was a mess and I was getting confused with other ideas. And as soon as I came back to the website, you know, I thought, right, we need to give a makeover. We need to redo the homepage. And then you realize that you just need to have that, just believe enough in the dream. And that's why I've, I've made the dream as big as possible so that every day it's exciting to work towards it. You know, I think if your your goals are to get a hundred users, you're, you're probably going to get it and then you're going to get really bored. You know what I mean? But if your goal is to have every single creative person in the whole world signed up and making stuff, then you need lots of days to get that done. That's excellent advice that you have just given me because as, as someone who's like a chief procrastinator and has all the dreams and all the goals but is very much just like ah but ah but mm-hmm. oh I'll not be able to do that that's too big or that's beyond me then somebody like you saying no 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 keep your eye on the prize definitely yeah dream big like I'm always saying that to young people like you can do anything and I, and I totally believe it when I'm telling them it but it's just that it's like that imposter syndrome thing that we were talking away at the beginning of this like it doesn't matter where you are in your career I've met so many people on this podcast where I'm like how have you got imposter syndrome we're all the same we all go through these peaks and drops of feeling like we can take over the world and sometimes a pandemic is going to send you a day where you're just like oh what's the point but it is important to just return to that like this is what you love to do and you're on your mission and your intentions are good so just keep going yeah and even in that situation you could be a lot worse off you know if you know what it is that drives you every day that's, that's such a blessing to have that you know because the, the the scary part is when you're in between things you know when i decided i didn't want to make films anymore and i wanted to go and do something else i didn't know what that something else was but you spend a lot of months kind of just wandering around wondering what's going on that to me is the was the worst experience you know when you finally find out what it is or at least when you know what it is, but you decide to actually go for it, there's something, there's a real power in that. You know, there's a real sense of, I've, I've decided, you know, life isn't happening to me anymore. I've decided I'm doing this. And because I'm involved, it's bloody well going to be the best thing that ever happened. Well, that's how you've taken back the power. Because I, I guess as someone who was immersed in filmmaking and that was your focus for so long, you know the joy of that. You know the joy of getting lost in a project and, you know, it's like full on and it's all go, but essentially you love it. And then to fall out of love or decide that you want to do something and be in that kind of space of, but what is it? That must have been quite frightening for you because you've known the joy of having a passion and working towards it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it is, you know, it's a scary moment. And obviously, having been to it, you, you know, you, you brace yourself for the next time it happens, uh, hopefully no time soon. But yeah, I think the path I'm on right now is, is helping those people with that burning passion for making things, whatever it might be, to continue doing it and making sure that they know about all the other people in their area who also love doing things so that they can do it better together. That's that's the real goal. And that, that is really what gets me up in the morning. That's what gets me answering emails or you know instagram messages at 11 o'clock at night because i did i did build the website there's the occasional error that someone will have or the problem someone will run into and to make up for that you know you don't get customer service any better than who you know customer service at the moment because there's one guy doing it you know (laughs) you are the absolute expert yeah you know what we lack in kind of functionality or kind of we're not fluent in website building we make up for and smiley faces and good customer service because we need to you know what i mean we always make sure that everyone who has a problem is up and running within the next five minutes you know and so far everyone that signed up is loving it thanked us for the fact that it's, it's happening and we're just excited for restrictions to lift hopefully this year and just see 
if a return to creative activity has any impact on our platform or vice versa. Of course, absolutely. I just wish you all the best with it. And, you know, I'm excited for all the people that are, are going to discover who you know for sure. I guess just before we move on to the hingamajigs, I think mm-hmm. it's important just to give you an opportunity to say anything, speak to the people that are just discovering who you know for the first time. Like, what would you want to say to them in this moment? Well, I think, first of all, this year has been really, really, really difficult for a lot of people. And I know creative people have struggled a lot, but I know that a lot of that struggle, if it hasn't come from loss of loved ones, it's come from the fact that they've lost touch with their community, you know. Um, there was a bit of that that happened for me as well. But what we're bracing for isn't trying to adapt to the new normal or whatever the hell that means. What we are bracing for is the return to the beautiful life that we had before where everybody can be making things. Yes. And our platform aims to help people do that even more, even better, and with a sense of spirit about it, you know what I mean? That now there's a way to define it, there's a way to find people, there's a way to make things now that is an improved way from what we had before. So if you've got an idea, if you've written something during the lockdown or you've thought about a new way of life during the lockdown, the best way to go out there and kickstart the whole thing is by signing up to who you know. And I think you should as well. I think you'd be very at home on who you know. I know. I feel like I'm like not in the clan. I'm like, I want in that clan. I'm in my Bra Brave clan, but I want in your clan now. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful all great stuff like my face is sore for smiling at you i think it's it's great what you're doing and i just wish you all the best with it for sure um we, we have to move on to what was formerly known as the thingamabobs which for 2021 is getting called the hingamajigs and these are just random questions that i like to select a few from the list for each guest and i have selected a few for you if you will indulge me mm-hmm. so what is the best thing about Scotland? I want to say people, but that goes without saying almost. I would say the pub atmosphere. That's one thing that I do really miss. It's the one thing that I've missed uh, over the past year is not being able to go and share stories and share your passions in a pub. Pub atmosphere in Scotland, amazing. I know we've touched on this and you have given great advice to me today. I'm like, dream big, Lisa, dream big. Mm-hmm. But what is the best advice ever been given to you? best advice that been given to me was... When I was about 14, 15, and someone told me, I won't say who it was, but someone told me that the moment you realise that life isn't just this thing and that you live in it and that your life is supposed to be about not bumping into the sides and save a bit of money and just try not to get hurt, but the moment you realise that you can touch things and affect it, and you know you can push a button and something happens uh, then you start to realize that everything that you call life was invented by people who were no smarter than you and you can change it and you can bend it and you can make things and improve it because you know there's a lot to improve um and obviously for me i feel like you know being 10 years on from that time feel like i actually understand what that means now you know what i mean that's excellent advice i love that and well remembered, so obviously it did make an impression on you. Yep. Can you finish this sentence? I have always wanted to... Write a novel. Right, okay. Tell me about that. I don't, I've always just really... I've got a really good friend and he's just so... He's written novels. He wrote a novel when he was like 15 and I always found that really annoying. Um, but really inspiring as well, you know. Like, <laughs> I, really, I really love 
art and I really love creativity and I love reading about, you know, uh, the Medici's and Florence and Michelangelo and all these. I love anything to do with, with art and any time in history people have championed it. And I just think that there's a lot of kind of really high art forms like opera or novel writing. I just think that to have the patience, first of all, and the, the, the lack of self-doubt to put anything on a page is, is amazing. I've managed to do away with a lot of self-doubt myself to put a website out there, but I think that doesn't compare to sitting down, writing a novel and getting it published and it being some form of successful. I just think those people are a whole different breed that we don't really talk about or celebrate enough. The, the Brown Brief started as a blog, mm-hmm. but I've discovered that I couldn't tell other people's stories the way that they could tell them. And that's why it became a podcast. You know, as much as I enjoyed the process of writing, I wasn't doing the people and their stories justice enough. And that's the joy of being able to translate it into a podcast. And so this is kind of my, this is kind of my novel, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a less skilled novelist. <laughs> And you, of course, will have been privy to so many interesting stories, you know, as you're in your background as a as a filmmaker, and then all the people that you're working with, you know, on making who you know. Is there one story that just sticks in your head that's made the biggest impact on you? Well, for me, it's not necessarily like a, a story that someone told me, but it was it was a kind of well, and it was, but I suppose when I was like eighteen, I had, I had a good friend who told me a story about a time. Uh, a little chapter in, in Glasgow history that not many people know about. Um, and ever since then, it's it's completely inspired like everything that I've I've done, like from making films in the way that they were made and the dream that I had for the films that I made and what I wanted them to be to e- even this moment. And I actually it, it was published in a book, the, the whole story, which and which I've got, which is really good. But it's basically a story about two. 20-year-old guys in 1979 who lived on West Princess Street, which is not far from where I am, and they basically set up, they kind of invented independent music. So like what, what we know is indie music, the idea of recording, like basically the kind of creativity that you know supports, so the idea of getting together in a, a group, of, a band, putting your money together, recording something, and then distributing it in that very kind of scrappy grassroots way where it's not like you get it on the radio but you just try and shove it in people's faces yeah um they sort of pioneered all that along with a, a sort of similar mob in, in edinburgh but um they, they set up a little record label called postcard records like i said not many people know about it but the one half of that duo became orange juice which were a big band in the 80s his name was edwin collins and the other guy was called alan horn and they were just like you know, why can't we, why not kind of guys who from this crap we flat in the West End took all the money they had, set up this record label and as a result of that for the rest of the 80s managed to bring all the A&R people from London up to Glasgow which is why all those bands in the 80s that had number one signal, singles who were Scottish got signed because of them they, they were a result of all that, you know so basically the story was that when the A&R people came up from London they just signed anybody with the right trousers you know, like you just had to look like a band and you got a record deal, whereas prior to that there was a kind of attitude where you had, you know, Scottish bands or Scottish artists had to go down and kind of state their claim to record record deal, but they totally changed the game, you know, and 
I just love that being that that young and having that attitude about you. Yeah. Uh, I've always found really inspiring. So that story still stays with me. I like the idea that who you know runs from a cupboard in a flat in the West End. You know, it's quite. Yes. It reminds me of that story a lot. That's lovely. I'm glad I asked that question. But honestly, if you, it's all been like published in a book, and it's kind of half myth, half truth, and it's just called um, the preposterous story of Postcard Records. It's a really good book. Really Brilliant. good. Thank you for that recommendation. And I'm gutted to be finishing this conversation. I've had a lovely time, but I do have to ask you, because I ask everybody in the podcast, what mm. is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Dreich. I like that word. Yeah, there are a lot of people saying dreich in it, I guess. like We own that dreich weather in Scotland. We just were like, we yeah, <laughs> Yeah, just probably reflects the kind, of, um, the kind of mood people are in as well, you know. But I am very hopeful for the new year, I think. You can only be excited, you know. Uh, I, I wish you all the best and thank you so much for joining the Brave clan to tell us how wonderful who you know are. No, thank um, you so much. I think this is really, I think it's really, really cool what you're doing. And I'm glad that you turned it into a podcast because you're good at it. Oh, that's kind. Thank you so much. It's a total privilege to, to meet people, albeit over the internet. Hopefully in one day we will actually be able to meet in real life. But until then, at least you have the opportunity to have conversations and connect and that sounds to me what what you're all about is just connecting people to create new new work and the world needs the world needs art for for sure more than mm-hmm. ever definitely yeah but i think you've got me thinking about opening up the space for podcasters as well because there's a few people who are trying to give creative people a voice and that's just as you know that's an integral part of any creative community is in addition to actually finding people who can help serve you and your vision mm. having those other people who don't necessarily make films or write books or design clothes whatever but have other ways of adding to the mix you know i think we can confirm that podcasts there's will be an option on who you know as of this afternoon yes as i say thanks again and all the best thank you so much i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Brawn the brave a podcast about people and their passions Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.